What's up guys? Welcome to Good Bad 2, the sequel. This is the show where we have a good time watching bad movies, and then we ask the question, is it good bad, or is it just bad? I am one of your hosts, John. Well, I am Danielle. You are the other host, what? Danielle. Was this a quiz? No, you just said it like a question. Well, here I am. <laughs> Welcome. You are Danielle. Yes, you guys can follow the show everywhere where they got podcasts. We're on iTunes and Spotify and all the other places. By now, you know you know the deal. We're on social media on Instagram. We're at the Good Bad Show. Uh, we do voting on the on the social medias. And uh, this week, Real Steel won the vote by a lot against Pacific Rim. <sighs> well, you know what? Okay, the reason is is because people love Pacific Rim. It is a loved and adored movie, and nobody wants to hear us skewer it on this podcast because they love it, and they have a place for it in their heart. That sounds like a biased take. So, yes. Sounds pretty biased. So what? Because you love it. You yeah. think it can't possibly be good, bad. Well, I don't want it to be. <laughs> <laughs> I think people just love Real Steel, and they wanted us to talk about Real Steel. Uh, and I understand mm. why they love Real yep. Steel, and we are going to dive into it. Yeah. We're going to break down the whole plot of Real Steel. Plot. This movie has a plot. Yeah, it actually does have this a plot. This movie has plot. a plot. Are you sure it's qualified to be in this episode let's discuss should we discuss whether it's good bad or just good bad we are no good bad or just bad <laughs> god damn it learn how the show works <laughs> well one category is michael bay yeah well, he gets his own category for sure uh yeah we're gonna break down the whole plot we're gonna mm -hmm. talk about uh the all the goings ons the and then we're gonna going. give you guys some trivia yeah. about the movie it's pretty good trivia um, this time and then we will give our award which is our bold statement our worst line our best line the worst performance the mvp the unredeemed moment our favorite part a better title and then whether or not it's good bad or just bad good good bad or just bad <laughs> sounds good to me okay 2011. You got Hugh Jackman, who is known for Wolverine and pretty much Wolverine only at this point. Like, he had done, like, Swordfish, which was a massive crash and burn. <laughs> Might even be too obviously bad for us to do. Wait, hold on. You're saying that Hugh Jackman wasn't known before this movie? I know. I'm saying that he's known almost exclusively for being Wolverine. Okay. I'm All not right. saying that people don't know who he is. Fair enough. Like, he, there's no Les Miserables. There's no Prisoners. He's X-Men. Does he, does he not play Wolverine in no. X-Men? In X-Men, <laughs> in X-Men, he plays uh, the waiter. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that X-Men. Well... You're talking about the uh, the trans pride <laughs> X Men movie where he plays a waiter. Yeah, a waiter. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah. No, I meant. Well, I didn't think that you were talking about the X Men I was thinking about. <laughs> so I just wanted to clarify. You weren't just looking for a reason to argue with me. No, I was just curious. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> So what do what did you know about this movie going into it? 
this movie that we just watched today yeah real steel <laughs> um had you even heard of this movie i had heard of it and i figured it was going to be pretty lame um it's called real steel i mean yeah the name is bad what are we what are we doing the name is bad (laughs) yeah so that that's it but then i knew that hugh jackman was in it and i thought okay well then it should be at least entertaining right but that's all i knew about it zero that's it nothing else i figured there's something with robots around so i had a kind of similar uh experience with this movie this is the second time i've seen it and the first time i saw it it was just like on cable and i was like i might as well I might as well sit through this. Yeah, it's, Wait, got, yeah, it's got Hugh Jackman. How in it. old were you when you watched it the first time? Do you think? Uh, thirty-two. Oh, pretty recently then. I mean, it came out in two thousand. It's only a ten-year-old movie, so somewhere between the ages of twenty-seven and thirty-seven. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was like, yeah, it's just on cable, so like, I'll, I'll give it a shot. And then I went. That was way, way better than I would have given it credit for. Like, is it going to win any Oscars? Of course not. But, like, definitely better than the name and the premise implies. Yeah, that's for like, sure. Like, definitely better than, than you would think going into it. I think, though, that because you had very low expectations of it, your expectations were exceeded. I came into this with no expectations. And, man, it was real goofy. <laughs> but it was, it was, it was better than I thought it would turn out to be. I'll put it that way. Okay. Because it started off pretty lame, and it, it got pretty good. On premise alone, this is a Gerard Butler movie. <laughs> this is not a Hugh Jackman movie. And then they were like, ah, Gerard Butler's busy, so they put Hugh Jackman <laughs> in it, and they were like, fuck, he really raised the quality of this thing. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, so this movie starts off with... This, this is a 90s esque movie to yes. me in the way that it's filmed and some of the tropes that are in yes. it and things like that like yes. the fact that it starts off with Hugh Jackman who is I was like before I like realized what's going on I'm like is is circus trucker a job? Carney <laughs> like, a job. I, I don't know what a circus trucker is but I thought that's what he was until the robots showed up. He's a yeah he's a middle of nowhere Carney trucker. Yeah he he owes tons of people money he's Everyone. getting phone calls and confusing who it is with somebody else that he owes money to he's just a very 90s stereotype of kind of like down on his luck dirt bag who owes a lot of people a lot of money and like has to kick 20 budweiser bottles out of the way when he wakes <laughs> up at noon guy like also yeah. if i'm budweiser uh-huh. at what point do you go, uh, yeah, you know what? We keep lending our name to these movies like for what's it called? Product placement. Uh-huh. And the, and it's only used to make shitbag characters. <laughs> well, you know, they might be like, we want to appeal to the everyman because that's where most of the money is. Yeah. So go for it. Like, like, okay, this guy's down on his luck. He's having hard times. But he chooses Bud, so that's fine spend your money <laughs> like audi is like hey, okay avengers you can you can use our audis and pay us you have to make them look cool as shit budweiser's like yeah you can use our product for like the worst class of people yeah it's totally okay it's the everyman like like i mean i understand it if you're if you're trying to make money and you want to have the biggest piece of the pie you want to have the largest market share then you can't only appeal to the top you know five percent of people might as might as well just try to appeal to everybody (laughs) (laughs) and buy up the other brands that do appeal to that top five percent yeah golden (laughs) so it turns out drunken circus trucker isn't a real job yeah it's too bad but in fact robot 
fighter versus bull is a real job. Okay. What the fuck? <laughs> this movie starts off with sad, drunken, like, bum, ragamuffin, Hugh, Hugh Jackman. Ragamuffin. And then, like, seven minutes in, we have a giant robot who's, who's being remote controlled, not a sentient being, being used to punch a bull. A live mammal. Yeah. What? 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 And the crowd is loving it. <laughs> yeah, they the are. The crowd is <laughs> loving it. So, <laughs> so yeah, you have uh, Kevin Durand who plays the bull promoter. He's like <laughs> a Texas promoter. circus rodeo bull fighting a robot promoter. So I wanted. So one thing I wanted to save till the end, but there wasn't enough to do, was to tally up all of the things this futuristic movie predicted because this movie is filmed in 2011. But it's set in 2020. The only thing that I see that it predicted correctly about the year 2020 is Elon Musk as a Texan. <laughs> because Kevin Durant, who looks just like Elon Musk, is a real Texan yeah. in this yeah. movie. Fuck, they were way off the mark. <laughs> yes, they were. Way off the mark. But yeah, they nailed Elon Musk as a Texan. Yep. Um, yeah, so the, this... A rich one. <laughs> this promoter and um, Hugh Jackman set up like some sort of... I don't, like, I didn't write down the dollar amounts and like bets and side bets and shit that were going on throughout this movie because it was happening so frequently, so frequently that there was just no point like just just if you didn't watch the movie just know there's a lot of like it's basically like white men can't jump at every <laughs> instance this dude puts money on something that he will not win like well it's uncut gems <laughs> yeah basically yeah, yeah it's uncut gems it's white men can't jump it's like gambling addiction is basically what this movie is about yeah right it's like hey man you're down on your luck but you keep putting yourself down yeah, there just, just let me go double or nothing i'm you, gonna win this you're, time you're buying your way into being down <laughs> yeah so so he's he's fighting with his first robot that he has in the movie and this robot the way that it functions is that he has a gigantic remote control mm -hmm. that he uses to to decide the actions of this robot yes and initially he's kicking the shit out of this bull oh yeah punching it uppercuts because bulls don't have fists <laughs> so he is fucking this bull up and if you're watching closely the only reason he lost this fight is because he just stopped fighting because of the scattered ass at the circus rodeo yeah he, exactly he diverted his attention from this fight uh -huh. to some some girls and uh -huh. was like hey how about this hey ladies and then and then the bull started to fuck his robot up and i was like oh okay so in any other situation yeah <laughs> uh robot controlled by man both with opposable thumbs uh have an obvious advantage over this bull who did not ask to be there he, but this particular bull seemed real willing participant though what? the bull the bull like shanked the robot with its horns and then ran around and paraded its carcass like mm -hmm. ah this was this was a bloodthirsty bull <laughs> <laughs> uh i guess <laughs> let him have it <laughs> okay <laughs> so he loses so here i'm thinking at this part and i'm looking at you and i'm like this movie is about robots fighting animals <laughs> if, if that was the whole movie what the fuck <laughs> so in pacific rim which is about robots fighting animals that's okay yeah because they had catchy names <laughs> <laughs> 
what, what noise boy is not a <laughs> catchy boy. name. <laughs> not as good. Look, okay, were they ever one time in the Shatterdome? No. No, they weren't. <laughs> also, this is a, um, a Steven Spielberg produced movie. So I figure there wouldn't be too much of this bull versus yeah, giant bull. robot <laughs> animal cruelty. <going> on. <laughs> yeah. So he, Hugh Jackman loses because he's a loser at this point in the movie, mm-hmm. and he's trying to hightail it out of town before he has to pay the money he owes to the to the circus bull promoter. Yeah. And who should he encounter but a couple of cowboy social workers? Well, but you could tell that they were um, they were nice guys because they had the expensive hats. Oh, I see. That's how you could tell. Is this, have... is this a skill I'm going to need to learn when we move to Texas? Oh, it's a code, yeah. yeah. It's a code, yeah. So it's black, about texture. just straight black hat is a bad guy, I know that. No, not all the time. That's what cowboy movies told me. Well, but we're not White hat equals good guy, black hat equals bad guy. Yeah, but we're not in cowboy times anymore. Well, how am I supposed to know who's a social worker at, at the robot circus? <laughs> well, I don't think there's any social worker cowboys. This is this is far more complex than I thought it was. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so so a couple of guys come up to him that are that are like I I got the impression that he is a, like a vagabond that he's all over the place. Oh yeah, he's going where the wind takes him. So the, it, the we don't know where his. Uh, his kid and his ex-wife and all that like originated or is even taking place they don't tell you that but these specific social workers are from where he's at yes okay i think he's on the local circuit i think he's on the local circuit which is in the north texas area okay because i made a few references like it starts off in texas and i think they made a few references to like how you know, we, you can't afford to go to Dallas and see the big robot shows that cost hundreds of dollars. So we brought a robot show down down home to you. So this movie is a Texas story then? I So that's what I thought at first, but I don't think so. I think it's just like flyover states. Okay. So like Texas to up to Detroit and then just like the heartland. Okay. It's um, a nice way to say flyover states. I just states. thought it was kind of ridiculous that there was like a whole, a, enti- good a whole entire song of him driving into town giving you the impression that it took a very long time for him to get there. That these <laughs> social workers find him dressed like where he's at. Well, yeah, he clearly doesn't have an address of the <laughs> yeah. rodeo ring. Like, how did they find him? He, he, I, I, I don't know. And they were like, remember your, remember your girlfriend from 11 years ago who had a kid? Well, now that's your kid because she died of... Question mark. <laughs> she died of death. She died of not being alive no more. <laughs> she, died, she died of death. And he shows up to the to the custody hearings as the world's biggest shitbag. But because it's Hugh Jackman, he's giving you this charming, endearing performance. Yeah. yeah. And you can't not no. like Hugh Jackman. Yeah, no. There's not a person alive that doesn't like Hugh Jackman. Not a one. And he, he comes in like he's doing the greatest sunglasses acting I've ever seen. <laughs> you love his sunglasses acting. He's using his sunglasses to make him a bigger dirtbag, the fact that he's wearing them at all. In court. And that, like, he's, he puts them down with his finger to check out, like, the rings and watch of the of the uncle and how much money he's got and then extorts him for a hundred grand to watch the kid. <laughs> So you just start off with this character being as low as possible mm-hmm. and your immediate thought is, well, that's going to be a huge turnaround. Like, we're not <laughs> going to go this whole movie hating this guy. That's a fact. No, yeah, this <laughs> this movie definitely does. It, it shows its hand way too early of all of this is going to turn out okay yeah. for these people, which was a little distracting. I would rather having to, I would rather have to think about it a bit. But then again, 
It's a movie for 11-year-olds, so fine. Yeah. It, it it's This is a kid's movie that, yeah. like, really borders the line of, like, it's the top of for kids, right? Like, it is really acceptable for me to sit here and watch this, but if I had an 11-year-old with me, they would enjoy it as well. Yeah, but that's, like, that's the Spielberg touch. Yeah. That's why he makes so much money is because he does what so many other movie studios try to do is they make something that most of the family really can't enjoy yeah so so even if it's a robot punching a bull <laughs> what <laughs> so he takes the money that he extorts from from the uncle <laughs> sold <laughs> for this child and he uses it to purchase a new robot because uh swap out diamonds for robots and this is uncut gems um and uh and so he apparently lives with evangeline lily in her dad's boxing gym was that what was happening because she made it really clear that he was just sort of dropping in and she wasn't having any of his advances where it does i don't think he I, lives I think, anywhere i think like to the the flimsiest definition he lives there like if, if he has any steady place it would be there right like that's where his did. mail goes that's where his robot parts are <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah so she he is the scumbag slash world sexiest man right yeah. where she's like god you're a turd but Hugh Jackman, like, look at you. That's a rapscallion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. He's the tramp from Lady and the Tramp. And she is fucking jacked in this movie. She's so good at that. She's, I mean, she's always been, in my mind, she's always been the, the feminine jacked example that women should look at when they want to lift weights and want to be toned but don't want to bulk up. She's really good at just, like, people imagine that's what you should look like if you're toned my knowledge of her started with ant-man because i didn't watch lost mm. and i never i like i mm, i might have seen this when ant-man came out but i wouldn't have remembered her character or her uh and so i thought where well, the first time i saw her like in that kind of shape that like stop and in regard kind of <laughs> fitness was for the second Ant-Man movie because mm -hmm. I had started following her on social media by that point. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh my God, she's in like magazine quality shape. Yeah, and I thought sure. it was for that movie. And I remember you and I saw that movie mm -hmm. and we went, she's covered up the whole time. The whole time. Why would you even get in that kind of shape if you're going to be covered up the whole time? It turns out she lives her life this way. Yeah. And I was like, wow, I didn't know that. I think she just got extra because now she had yeah. like, I mean, I'm sure she made crazy money from Lost, but now she's making Marvel money, so yeah. she probably upped her trainer. There's a lot of Marvel people in this movie. Yes, there were. Hugh, Hugh Jackman is in, in this movie. Obviously, he's the waiter from the from X Men. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> the guy. The he's guy, the waiter for. He's the airport waiter. The guy that's the the, the bull promoter plays the blob in an X Men movie. Uh, the Falcon is in this movie. Mm -hmm. The Wasp is in this movie. Yep. Uh, Young Thor. What's up? Young Thor. Yeah, Young Thor is in this movie. Mm -hmm. uh, there's, there's like, I mean, now, 10 years, 15 years into the Marvel project, every movie has superheroes in it. Yeah. <laughs> but this movie particularly has a lot of but them. But, it, yeah, it's fun to watch this movie and, and think about their the way that their path is intertwined. Yeah. There's just so much money being tossed around. <laughs> yeah. So, Max gets dropped off here at this boxing gym, and immediately i went oh this is over the top this is the sylvester stallone movie over the top where he is 
a truck driving arm wrestler who ends up with the son his son because his ex died and he has to spend the summer with his son in his truck traveling the country winning arm wrestling matches <laughs> and the son is an intelligent punk ass this uh. isn't this isn't similar to over the top this is over the top interesting like this Never is plagiarism oh <laughs> the, the characteristics of the kid like, that's really funny because when i was doing my investigation of the trivia for this the amount of nods and references to actual boxers and rocky and wwe is is through and through we'll we'll, we'll get to a lot of those especially rocky kind of fight by fight but it's I would I would not say nods. I would call it plagiarism <laughs> in in a lot of instances in this movie. Interesting. However, the moments between the plagiarisms uh-huh. are very original and and uh, polished and retwisted to the point where you kind of have to know to know. Right. But if I was the lawyer of MGM, <laughs> I would know and I would have a problem. <laughs> <laughs> You'll be getting a letter from my lawyer. Um, so yeah, him and the kid are, are at odds, as you might expect. And uh, he goes inside because he just doesn't want to talk to this child who he purchased and also <laughs> fathered. He did. Okay, yeah. So he's so annoyed <laughs> that he has this kid and now he has to purchase back the kid. Well, he he actually actually has to sell the kid. So he gets half down, keeps the kid for the summertime, and he's so annoyed by it, and he still has the money. The kid's on his literal doorstep of the gym, and he's like, "This is hard, fuck you." And he just leaves. Yeah, this this man is a is a terrible human being initially. He does go on a very gratifying hero's journey in this movie. Because yes. he starts out fucking horrible human being, and he is <laughs> redeemed by the end of the movie, but there's not very much that happens in between that suggests to you that he learned these lessons. No, it takes a while. It just sort of happens. It's sort of a switch that flips. He, he gets a feels. Yeah, he starts gets a, getting feels, but... He has purchased a brand new fighting robot called Noisy Boy. And a secondhand boy. (laughs) And a child, yes. Which which came from Brazil by way of Japan and is fucking cool. (laughs) They open the box and this badass robot with Japanese letters on it comes out. Uh Like, I was like, yeah, if if you signed up and paid your money to go see a robot fighting movie then that's what you want to see. Yeah, there like, you go. Like, some of the robot designs were really robot. fun. Um, no but uh, the kid speaks Japanese, and that <laughs> never comes back into play in this no, movie. It d- well, it, it kind of did because it establishes that he's uh, he's really big into video games, right? Yeah, like, he's, like, he's an 11-year-old savvy. boy. Of course he is, right? Yeah. But he's really big into video games if he can give this robot commands in Japanese. Right. Right? So, therefore, he's astute and apt at that particular skill okay which do, which does stay but yeah like the japanese is kind of a side effect of that yeah so first order of business is you have to take your brand new shiny japanese robot to anthony mackie's underground fight club with hundreds <laughs> of thousands of people in attendance that was a good time this place is pretty fun to yeah. be to in the in, within the movie it it basically reminded me of battle of the tough guys from no holds barred <laughs> and yeah. And the like main world champion robot's name is Zeus. Yep. <laughs> Zeus. <laughs> um, so Noisy Boy has to fight Midas. Oh, by the way, if you're a new listener to the Good Bad Show, go back and listen to our No Holds Barred episode. It was one of the first episodes that we did, 
and it spawned a spin-off, a wrestling podcast called Good Bad T- No Holds Barred. <laughs> it's called Good Bad Wrestling No Holds Barred. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I love where your heart's at. <laughs> <laughs> I got most of the words right. I don't see the problem. <laughs> Me speak bad English? That's impossible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, uh, Noisy Boy is gonna fight Midas, and this is this is the first time where you really just get the sense that this is Rock'em Sock'em Robots the movie because yeah. like the moves are basically the same, and Noisy Boy gets his head uppercutted off. Yeah, which uh, that's you can't make this movie and not nod to Rock'em Sock'em no, Robots. Can't. Like obviously, people are gonna make the correlation anyway. Might so as just, well just lean into it. it. Yeah. <laughs> So into it. even further down on his luck, Hugh Jackman sells his brand new shiny toy for parts. Yeah. Uh, and then takes the kid to the fucking scrapyard to steal parts in the middle of the night. Yeah. And this is one of those moments I was talking about where I'm like, okay, now you're diverging from over the top because Stallone in that movie isn't this big of a shithead where it's like, come with me in the middle of the night to commit felonies. Yeah. <laughs> um, where the the whole security at this junkyard is one singular spotlight. Two. Or, yeah, but like... That's there, it. There's not dogs. There's not humans. There's no towers of guys no. with rifles. It's not that important what's, what's available to steal. So <laughs> it's not a big deal. Oh, and by the way, I currently hate both of these characters. They're the both... The kid and the... And they him. are both, yes, annoying. So asshole. I hate them. Yeah. And I don't like either of them. And they're just yelling at each I other. Think, I think There's we, so much yelling. I think we have to do over the top because if you had seen that movie, uh. you would fucking love Max. Oh, really? Max is a saint in comparison to the shithead in over the top. Oh, good. What year is over the top from? <sighs> Fuck, like 85 maybe? Oh boy. Something like that. That shithead kids back then? Canon film. Oh, canon film <laughs> got it okay okay all right so so while they're searching mm. for parts to thief uh he is explaining to the kid kind of the history of how the robots evolved and basically what he's explaining is it's a mirror of the real life uh progression from boxing to mma and how mm. the fans wanted more violence and da 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 and he it's so it's it's a it's a very similar path that these mm. robot fighters took from human to robot to what is current in their world and in the year 2020 ostensibly this has been going on for like 20 30 years yeah yeah um and then the kid falls down like a, a slide like yeah. why is there a slide he well yeah he falls down a cliff which it's like um it's like the uh uh what is it called when you have a dam and you need some of the water to escape out of a reservoir on the other side mm. i can't remember what that's called right now because i'm not a damn person but <laughs> If I was a damn person, I could tell you what it was. And that's what one of these things appeared to be. Okay. I don't know. So dad goes and saves him. You get your first, uh, your first touching moment where dad saves him and then they embrace. And everything's kind of different from that point forward because now they have embraced and boy finds a garbage bot. Garbot. (laughs) (laughs) A buried alive garbage bot. Yeah. And he digs him up. And he sticks him in the cart and brings him back to the truck. Uh, By himself, overnight. So in the same spot where he almost fell to his death and his actual father felt compelled to save him, he said, I would like to have this thing that almost that saved my life. And his real life father is like, 
no, I'm not going to help you, but I will leave and wait for you while the sun rises and then you can bring it to me when you are done. So I will wait. I mean, they went in there sometime at night. That had to be literally hours, literally hours (laughs) that this boy is there by himself next to rushing water on a cliff. How did he get the wheelie cart down there? How did he tow that thing out of that? Like, are you kidding me? He's a strong, smart kid. He figured it out. <laughs> While Hugh Jackman just sat and waited. He drank Budweiser's. <laughs> He's such a dick. Such a dick. They deserve each o- other. Also, the, the, the reason that they went to the junkyard was for pieces and parts to try to put together another robot because uncut gems. Right. They found a full, intact robot, and he said, nuts to that. <laughs> yeah. I don't want anything to do with that. I'm going to go. Yeah, what did he leave with? <laughs> I'm going to go drink. Like, what did he break in? He broke in there. What did he get out of it? He, <laughs> a screwdriver? So, at this point, he's, like, ready to give up on the robot, robot fighting yeah. and the kid and just, like, life. And they go back to the boxing gym and they bring the garbage bot and the kid cleans it up and then you get this really really romantic scene between the kid and the robot yeah he he takes the kid out or the the robot out running and then there's like this full-blown i thought they were gonna fuck i thought that they were going to exchange vows at that very moment (laughs) the kid his robot makes the robot pick him up and stare into his eyes and i was like what is about to happen this was the first of many times where the writing led you down the path of this is a sentient being like this robot has ai and at some point it's going to speak back or start making decisions on its own i think that there's a version of this movie where this robot has a soul that is on the cutting room floor that 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 there's the remnants of it that got left behind in the movie that we saw but i think that there's just just based off what you see in it i don't know this there, there probably at one point was the intention for this robot to have life. Let me provide you with three different data points that may or may not support your theory. Okay. Um, the first is that there is a real steel two from the year 2018. What? Yeah. Really? There's a sequel. Who's in it? The robots, dude. Oh, cool. And waiters. <laughs> is Noisy Boy in it? <laughs> I don't know. So we don't know what happened to that because we haven't seen it. Listeners, you can let us know. Um, this is based on a 1956 short story called Steel by I Am Legend author Richard Matheson. Oh. And it was also adapted uh, in a 1963 Twilight Zone episode. Interesting. So it's very likely that in one of those earlier versions that there is supposed to be some level of sentiency and the directors here just sort of glossed over it and expected that you would know about it or as you said it was left on the cutting room floor yeah okay there were missing pieces like they were building up towards the robot communicating with the boy yeah but that i don't i didn't see that happening yeah i don't recall it happening there's a there's a, a moment here where uh after after the just straight up sexy fucking scene between that robot and that kid <laughs> after that there's a part where um, Max is talking to Evangeline Lily. I don't remember her character's Bailey. name. And she's explaining to him that Charlie, the dad, used to be a boxer. He was basically a sparring partner and a setup guy for bigger, bigger time boxers. And I was like, well, this heavy handed type of exposition and 
foreshadowing works in a kid's movie, right? Where <laughs> yeah. like, we just discovered a sparring bot that's made to take punishment. Hard cut. Well, your dad used to be a tough boxer that took a lot of punishment. Yeah. And I was like, you can do that in a kid's movie. Yeah, like, can. I can't really critique that. Nah. <laughs> if it wasn't if it wasn't for little kids, I would have been like, come on Come now. on now. <laughs> That's the sort of thing that we lampoon pretty frequently. <laughs> yes, we um, do. And then, and then speaking of exposition, so they take Adam, the, the new bot, to his first, like, fight because the kid demands it. And there is a part here where we meet Zeus and Zeus's, like, handlers or creators or whatever, who he's, he's the top bot in all of the, the this universe or any unknown universe. <laughs> and the, the first person you're introduced to is a Russian woman. Just like Drago in Rocky uh-huh. Four, a very extremely polished, like polish at one hundred percent. Yeah, and uh, and he has a handler, like mm-hmm. another person, just like in Rocky Four, except for this guy's Japanese to avoid lawsuits. Right. And also, like you combine Russia and Japanese, you're fucked. America's fucked. In well, the... this is the axis of evil, y'all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and the interviewers, the ESPN interviewers, <laughs> remember them? Yeah, remember ESPN. They're going, they're asking these just exposition laden questions. They're addressing the people that they're interviewing and giving them their own background as they're asking them the question. You're the the trainer and handler and you you, you do all the programming and (laughs) da 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 da. And I was like, I hate this sort of movie reporter. (laughs) I was like, you're telling the person you're talking to who they are and what they do to set up your question. Yeah. Like if that airs, the people listening to it are going to go, why the fuck did you say that? Yeah. (laughs) Dumbest thing imaginable. Joe Biden, you're the president. You're an old man. How do you feel about presidenting? <laughs> what? Hold yeah. on. What? Hang on. Hang on. <laughs> Why'd you start it like that? I don't need all of this. Yeah. Uh, so like that was all really funny to me because it was very obviously ripping off Rocky with just a hint of being like, no, 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 it's different. It's different. <laughs> it was basically Vanilla Ice going, no, it's different. Dun, 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 dun. See? 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 <laughs> it's different. Um, there's also the part here too where uh, this is kind of another like touching moment where earlier in the movie, Hugh Jackman had brought the kid a burger and the kid said he didn't like burgers. And this time he has a very similar fast food bag and the kid goes, I don't like burgers. And then he rips open the bag and goes, it's a burrito and walks away. And he doesn't even realize that he's like evolved as a as a caring father figure at this point. He's just still pissed off and frustrated that he has a child. <laughs> Wait, you thought that he he had the choice between a burrito and a burger and he chose the burrito to satiate the sun i believe the intention of that scene was to show that he is paying attention oh i thought it was just that they didn't have burgers there they only had burritos and so he's like (laughs) fuck you kid it's a burrito like eat it or not i don't care he didn't care he didn't care (laughs) you might be right he didn't care You, you might be right i took it to mean that he he is unknowingly like starting to care for it's a burrito that's so funny. You were, you were like, well, they're just out of burgers. Yeah, like you don't sell what? There's burritos. <laughs> That's really funny. Well, so they won't 
they won't take his fights basically so he he has to go to like the lowest level the like backyard wrestling version of robot fighting which is called the zoo man i liked that a lot and this is filled with 90s video game punks we have to talk about (laughs) the aesthetic of this scene why was it 90s mad max (laughs) these guys are named like blade and ripper (laughs) yeah what the hell there was a guy with like long dreadlocks and ski goggles on his forehead yeah there was a lady with huge, uh, like moose volumized, teased, bleach blonde hair. This was from the, the year cast. This was the cast of Streets of Rage. Yeah, why? But why? Why <laughs> it is this? It was really funny. It's really, it's so funny whenever somebody tries to do a future movie, especially one that's only nine years in the future. Yeah. People from nine years ago of the year 2021 don't look that different. <laughs> like maybe the the cut of your jeans has changed and where your hair is parted has changed. That's it. Okay, hold on. There was that phase where girls were dyeing their hair gray and purple. But that's as far as it went. (laughs) Okay, there was a rainbow hair dye phase too. But that was mostly for Instagram. That didn't really happen that much in real life. It didn't look very good in real life. It didn't last very long. That's it. Nothing else has really changed. There's not that much more that's changed. We're not suddenly going full on retro. What is happening? I love it when you get so upset you turn into Seinfeld. (laughs) Well, that's how you know that it's not serious complaint. <laughs> um, so the the kid has inherited the uncut gems of of his dad, and he goes a thousand rounds to or a thousand dollars, whether or not his robot can even make it out of the first round. And it turns out that Adam is basically the Homer Simpson of robots and can just take a beating all day <laughs> yeah. long. Um, slash Rocky. Yeah, yeah, slash Rocky. And so he gets the $1,000. He double or nothing because gambling addiction runs in the family. Uh-huh. And he ends up winning the fight. And now now we're off and running on like a whole kids movie fighting montage. Everyone likes a good winning montage. Yeah, now, now it gets just like high entertainment value stuff for a while. Yeah, yeah. He teaches it how to dance. Yes. Which is it was a moment Awkward. in the movie where at first my reaction was, Jesus, this is stupid. And then by the time they're done with it and they have the conversation, he does it again in the movie. I'm like, I like it. It's like a good like ad- addition to this kid's movie. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about the whole dancing thing with this 11-year-old boy doing the dancing. If they had put a hat on him, I would have believed it. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> this kid didn't look convincing doing his dancing. I didn't buy it. However, if they put a hat on him, I would have been for it. That's well, all I got to say. What kind of a hat? I like a Michael Jackson kind of hat. Or a ball cap. Like a fedora? Uh, Yeah, sort of. In but his without, wife beater? But without the... Uh, yeah, yeah. I would have been more believable in this movie. <laughs> not on the street. Like, not if we went down to Town Square or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> I think that's all it would have taken. Okie dokie. What? <laughs> it's true. Not like a Kangol hat? No. Come on. Which 90s do you think this is? <laughs> oh, I'm out of line. <laughs> they didn't pull from that 90s. <laughs> okay. Um, the, the voice recognition software that had been a Noisy Boy, the kid put it in Adam. So now they can use that for his fighting and he learns. Yes. So they're going to, they have to like, they make a, they make a deal that the kid will dance at the shows if Hugh Jackman will train Adam how to fight. Right. And so now this robot has everything, right? It learns and it shadows and it has voice recognition and it possibly can look deep, deep, deep into your eyes and bond with you. (laughs) 
just like Polly's robot from Rocky IV. <laughs> oh, which also dances robot. and has a family. Uh, <laughs> and then you get a, a montage here of, of fights and uh, of training. And it's set to the Bad Meets Evil song, Fastlane, which is a fucking great song. Interesting. Um, and, you know, fun little montage of, of fighting and boxing and, and whatnot. And then, uh, and then uh, they get a, a like a big league fight. Yeah. And there's a, the funny scene here where Hugh Jackman's giving a pep talk to the kid about how we're not going to freak out. No matter what, we're definitely not going to freak out. And the kid's just watching him pace back and forth, mm-hmm. freaking out. I like, I like that part. I thought that was pretty that funny. That part worked. Did you notice that every time they went to an arena fight, so literally at like a big arena sanctioned one, that they had 90s industrial music? Yeah. Like in Hackers? Yeah. I did. There there was the the 90s industrial song was in this movie. Yeah, the like, one. Like, I can't, jim, like... Jim, jim, yeah, like, the one that was in the, um, the anti-piracy ads at the beginning mm-hmm. of DVDs, mm-hmm. that song is mm-hmm. in this movie. <laughs> How do we relate to the kids? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, there's, there's a moment here where, kind of getting back to that, like, movie that didn't get put on screen, where they walk away from Adam... And Adam turns and looks at himself in the mirror. For a long time. And has like an existential crisis. For a long time. And you're time. like, you're only, you're only left to believe, oh, this robot is going to come to life. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, you are looking at this robot looking at its own reflection for a large percentage of time of the run length of the movie. Yeah. Therefore, it should be leading to something. Yeah, it, and it's not. <laughs> I don't understand. Uh, the Russian lady offers $200,000 for Adam. Kid says no. Stick it up your ass, Rusky. <laughs> 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 Go back to Russia, you commie plinko. I ain't doing it. Um, and uh, so dad's upset because he could really use the cheddar. Uh, and then Adam fights Twin Cities and... The two-headed uh, robot? Yeah. and Gets uh, a win. He gets a win. I thought it was really funny that they like set up their little briefcase at, at ringside and they have a little conversation about strategy. What are we going to do here? And I'm like, hey, y'all should have had that conversation a long time ago. A yeah. Much more in-depth conversation. I, I realize this is like a, basically a Disney movie. It's not, but it basically is. But the amount of times that between punches, they would have a full-on dialogue about yeah. something that would yeah. last for five minutes was the, well it's a movie for 11 year olds the amount of time spent talking to one another rather than telling the robot what to do <laughs> might be the reason that it gets its ass kicked constantly, constantly. <laughs> just, every time just a thought i mean i'm no mickey but um, i'm <laughs> saying that might have something to do with it after adam wins the kid who has survived only off of pop tarts and red bulls gets in the That's ring and cuts a hyperactive hopped up on Mountain Dew promo yep. on the Russian lady with his voice cracking. Yeah, that was uh <laughs> He's like, I want sauce I know. Well here's the thing. Like with this kid, either he's naturally like that or they had to juice him up. It he, was one or the other. He's kinda like the brother in uh in Rampage. You're like, he's either playing on cocaine or he's on cocaine. I don't <laughs> cannot tell which, but the kid that kid was hopped Rampage. Up. <laughs> the kid was hopped up. Uh, the bull promoter shows up and takes his money out of Hugh Jackman's ass. Because that's <laughs> how it works when you owe bad people money. Yeah. So Hugh Jackman thinks uh, maybe I better not have this kid on the road with me. Yep. Tries to pawn him off on the aunt and uncle. Uh, and then... Betrayal. He, yeah, he goes... Uh, the kid's like, I uh, just want you to fight for me. And I was like, hey, 
that's an earnest better title for this movie fight for me like double meaning man it would have gone straight to the hallmark channel <laughs> fight for me fight for me is a better title for this movie it's hey, not my better title um, for this movie but it is a better title okay. for this movie <laughs> this movie has 10 sequels if it's called fight for me three fight for me Fight for me five. Fight yeah. for me. I don't know. That's straight to Hallmark to me. Okay. Now we yeah. have to get to the scene that you and I could not help but discuss out loud when it happened. Okay. Tell me about we it. We generally don't do that. We save it for the podcast. But uh, heartbroken Hugh Jackman, who has just pawned off his kid back on the aunt and uncle because he's no good for the kid, mm-hmm. goes back to Evangeline Lilly, who has since told him to kick rocks, explains to her what's going on. And what a deadbeat he is and how what a failure he is. And she is like, I don't care, man. You're still Hugh Jackman. They start making out. Yeah. And me and you were like, whoa, 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 whoa. What, right. what, what's happening right now? Yeah. Like, it was like, it was the kind of embrace like they were about to fuck for yeah, one. Yeah. Also, there was nothing that indicated any sort of romance happening. Before? While this was happening. It was no. like, a, I'm down on my luck and I just got rid of my son and I've been a piece of shit my whole life. Yeah, he's like, I'm terrible at this and I'm terrible at everything. And she was like, that's such a turn on. <laughs> yeah, very yeah. strange. Such very strange. On. I think what they meant <laughs> for us to receive was that she gave him some like great advice and that he was he was just like kind of kind of tying up the loose end of the will they or won't they between the two of them but it's not how it came across no it's not how it came across it was at really all. confusing it yeah. came across as uh we are both very broken people so we might as well be broken together yeah like this whole movie is glamorizing and like glorifying really unhealthy relationships yep like it's teaching <laughs> you it's teaching you that when things are are down then there's glory and fighting harder for something rather than being like, hey, I have some problems that I should probably work out. Fight for me seven. Fight for me seven. Um, so he goes back to the kid and he apologizes. And the, the, the kid who's actually pretty like funny and charming is like, you sold me. <laughs> I liked this part. This was a good scene. <laughs> because it's true. I mean, that way, he did sell him. Yeah. And the answers there are like, yeah. Well, you know, yeah. it's fine. Th- this is a really good scene. Like, he comes back hat in hand. He apologizes. <laughs> he doesn't want custody. He just wants, like, visitation, basically. Yeah. And visitation means, like, we're going to go fight Zeus. I admit to all my shortcomings. And you're like, okay, I can, like... And I want to spend time with you. Yeah, I can, I can I like, like this man who has been nothing but a piece of shit up until this point. But right. not, a, not a criminal piece of shit. Just uh, a flawed man. He did break like, into a junkyard. <laughs> I mean, a couple of felonies doesn't make couple you a bad... A couple of felonies <laughs> doesn't make you a bad dude or nothing. <laughs> Living out the chip of your truck and having Budweiser for breakfast. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Doesn't make you a felon. <laughs> so now he is... Uh, there are going to fight Drago. Oh, I'm sorry. My, my notes are wrong here. He's not fighting Drago. It's Zeus. It's Zeus. I apologize for that. Uh, so the bull promoter shows up and he bets on um, uh, Adam not making it out of the first round with Anthony Mackie. Right. There's like this whole side plot that happens with them where they're like their contracts must have had screen time written into them because it doesn't have a fuck all to do with this movie. Not really. No. Well, the only thing was like to get, uh, to get, uh, uh, Texas Elon's 
some comeuppance. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. he's been a dick the entire time. He's the menace. He's the actual menace in this entire right. movie, aside from the the threat of failure. Right. So it was just a setup for him to get a little bit of comeuppance, right? Like his cockiness didn't pay off this yeah. time. But that's it. And I guess, I guess if you look at it as a kid's movie, that has to happen. Yeah. So, it, yeah, okay. So the fight. This fight, okay, let me let me sidebar. When I was a kid, on Fridays, I was allowed to go to the video store. It was actually called that, the video store. And I could rent whatever I wanted, and that was like the special weekend thing that I got to do. When I discovered the Rocky movies, for a long, long time, I would rent Rocky 1 one week, 2 the next week, 3 the next week, so on. And when I got through 5, because at the time there were 5, I would go back to the first, and those were the only movies that I would watch for a long, long time. And as I've aged, I have not stopped watching the Rocky movies. <laughs> They're on cable constantly. They're like my favorite series. I would venture to guess that there's not very many people on this planet that have seen the Rocky movies more times than I have. You and I went through and watched all of them because you were interested in them. When I tell you that this fight is goddamn near a punch-for-punch punch remake of Rocky versus Drago, the way that it's shot where you watch the entire first round and that, that Adam is getting his ass kicked and then suddenly he busts out with an uppercut and everybody goes in shock that it's even possible to hurt the bigger, stronger opponent. And then the middle rounds is entirely montage. And then you watch the 11th and 12th round. And then the fight ends in a decision that the bad guy wins, which is more Rocky 1. This is, again, straight up plagiarism. It just happens to be a completely different visual that it's robots and that it's being controlled and all that sort of thing. But... If you're if you're familiar with the Rocky fights like I am, this is plagiarism. Wow. <laughs> it is Shit. highly entertaining and I'm glad that it exists and it's really fun. I'm just saying someone that works at MGM, someone who works for Sylvester Stallone probably made a few phone calls about this <laughs> there may have been exchanged money that we never heard about and then Steven Spielberg Spielberg's lawyers called back and were like no. <laughs> yeah no. sorry small fry no <laughs> you might be rocky but I'm Jurassic Park so suck it <laughs> um, we got but, Steve on our side yeah but but if if you're listening to this and if you've seen those movies and you didn't catch that go back and rewatch those that last scene there, I bet you there's YouTube videos that show them side by it has side to be because it's not it's not like my opinion <laughs> it is glaringly obvious <laughs> anyways they win and uh, everyone gets emotional there's triumph uh let's take a let's take a quick break and then we'll come back and do some trivias okay we are back from our break everybody uh what's the theme of the break for a robot movie everyone got oiled we get your oil down. changed about <laughs> <laughs> a court low <laughs> sponsored by roll purple uh yeah let's get into some trivia i already dropped a few in in our uh, our conversation but i have some left we got some little trivias left here um well first of all we like to start with the numbers uh, how much do you think this movie cost to get mm, made 2011 it's probably cheaper than i would say like 80 million what would you say if I told you that all of the robots were both CGI and real? 
There was both practical and CGI effects. Wow, that would be... We didn't really talk about the CGI, which was very, very good. For 2011. Um, what, today, so what do, you, what do you mean? Like some of the stuff you're seeing is practical and some is CGI Correct. or are they CGI'd over the top of real? Some of the stuff is practical. Okay. And then some is CGI. Oh, some, there you. are some definitely like very clearly CGI scenes, obviously. Okay, maybe less than 100, 90, 95 million? It costs $110 million to make. Woo-wee, I guess yeah. Hugh Jackman was probably making 20 million of that. So. <laughs> Because, like, I mean, the waiter role was really... <laughs> Famous really, for that X-Men really role. <laughs> yeah. No, well, the X-Men is sort of a side thing, but the waiter part. Uh, how much do you think it made worldwide? 400 million? 299. Wow. That yeah. little? Yeah. I thought I remembered it being a really big deal. But I guess the Ooh. name and the premise made turn people off. I mean, that's still profitable. That's we don't know good. what it came up, what it went up against. Yeah. I didn't, I didn't see what else uh, was was out during the same weekend. Yeah, I think um, that I this feels like to me, or maybe it's just how I discovered it. But it feels like to me that everybody that I've ever talked to that has seen this had like a oh yeah, that's like it's always shock. That's pretty yeah. good. Yeah, like, that, that's not going to drive people to the theater yeah, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I had not good expectations of this movie, meaning. The marketing and trailers weren't great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, we know that the robots were real and uh, CGI uh, per Steven Spielberg's preference. He wanted there to be some practical, practical. effects. Okay. And they had a, That's a his, his thing. Yeah, they had a team of like 20 puppeteers per, per robot. That's pretty good. It, this movie looks really good. It does. Yeah. It does. It was, it was um, you know, save for the 90s Mad Max costume. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Why? It was it was good. So uh, the boxing motion capture was done by a lot of pro boxers and supervised by Sugar Ray Laird. Interesting, because there there's a f wow there's a handful of moments where I would have said that's actually one of the weakest points in this movie where I'm like, just on a technical basis which it would be dumb to actually criticize had you not brought this up like their feet are next to each other there's there's maybe a total of like 10 variations of punch i was like it's very very like i, I, I would say that's actually one of the weak points of the movie so that's movie interesting boxing. to hear yeah i mean maybe he supervised it for a day and they're like he supervised yeah. it yeah they just wanted his name attached <laughs> to it yes uh this was filmed in michigan because uh, where Crash Palace was filmed was actually the Model T plant near Detroit. And when the, uh, I think it was director, was scouting out locations for it, he came across this old Model T plant. And of all the other places he scouted in different states, nothing was as interesting to him as this plant. So they filmed it all in Michigan. Hmm. So Crash Palace, which we both thought was really fucking cool, is a real place. Or at least based on a real place. Yeah, okay. Maybe not with the balconies. Um, the mohawk is a nod to Clubber Lang. Do you remember in the first fight, the robot had a mo mohawk? Yeah. That was yeah I was another. like, yeah, is that a broom? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So now we can talk about what are all of the references to other real boxers and wrestlers that you noticed? Um, I wasn't really keeping track of, like, specifics throughout the movie. Just a very vague rip-offness to it. Is what I was getting because I just I wasn't really paying attention to the very very like close specifics. So like, did you did you write them down? Well, I mean, there is we already went over most of them, right? Yeah. Like there was re there was direct references to The Rock, right? People's Champion, right? Yeah. Some of his moves. Uh, there was uh, pretty blatant Hulk Hogan. 
yep. move at some point. A lots of references to Rocky. Oh my god. The <laughs> <laughs> Rocky seems to be a thing that movies, boxing movies, fighting movies in general, that movie is in its own like separate category where it's like it's like Star Wars, those two things. It's just okay to rip them off somehow. Mm -hmm. And I don't really understand, like, I, I'm glad because a lot of good ripoffs have happened. Because they're part of the zeitgeist. Yeah, they're but they're, 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 like, beyond just being pop culture and yeah. into a whole other category where they have spawned ripoffs that have then spawned genres. Yeah. It's crazy. Yeah. Like... I think when people... It's the same thing with celebrity in many ways. When people... There are some people who really love to read celebrity magazines and, like keep up with what celebrities are doing and it makes them feel like they know that celebrity and they feel like they feel like they own some part of that person because they feel like they know that sort of person. Yeah. I think it's the same thing if if there's so many people who who collectively love something like Star Wars and Rocky, they start to feel like they own part of it because they've invested so much of their personal time into it. So now it's like, well this is my story because I have ingested it so many times that I don't even have to think about it to remember it. It's just part of my story. Well, and what you get out of that is things like Creed, where you have a fan of the, of the movie that is such a big fan and they understand the, the lore of it that they're able to make a uh, branch off that is true to the original because they understand it so in depth. Mm -hmm. And J.J. Abrams would be that person for Star Wars, or actually probably John Favreau would be a better better reference there so there's a lot of good to be had from that mm -hmm. um but the the like byproduct is things like real steel <laughs> <laughs> the byproduct <laughs> so that's the trivia i've got uh, is it time to get in some awards yeah let's do our awards let's do our awards we're going to start off with our bold statement what's yours you are probably going to strongly disagree with this after having talked about it for a minute my bold statement is that this Real Steel is the goodest movie that we have covered on this show. I understand that goodest isn't a real word, but in context of what we do. In context of what we do, the, we can sink down to that level. <laughs> we can sink down to Instagram the, This grammar. is the goodest movie that we have covered at, on, on episode 76. If it weren't for the end of Wicker Man... <laughs> <laughs> if it weren't for bees and bare feet, then maybe <laughs> I would. Yeah, there's uh, there are a handful of movies where they didn't really deserve to be on this show. Yeah. By the way, this has a seven point one on IMDb. Yeah, sixty percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. So there are plenty of things that keep it in the good bad realm. Oh yes, but it is a kids movie, so you kind of have to forgive a large portion of those. Yeah. But it is, it is basically good. Basically. So I think this is the goodest movie that we have covered. That's fair. That's fair. Hmm. Well, you went deep. Uh, mine is just uh, the most 1999 movie from 2011. <laughs> <laughs> this is your bold statement every time. <laughs> every time I you say just, this is the most 1999 Do you just movie? write down this is the most blank movie from blank? That's a bold statement. <laughs> okay. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Fine. What's your worst line? Don't get an attitude with me, lady. <laughs> uh, you won't go? My worst line is actually from Anthony Mackie. What? Which, considering how little he's in this movie, is quite an accomplishment. Let's hear it. But when um, 
when Noisy Boy is fighting Midas, is that right? I don't know. When they're at so. when they're at Anthony Mackie's fight, <laughs> Noisy Boy is getting his ass kicked. Anthony Mackie is emceeing the event, and he goes, "Get your bitch ass back in that corner and take it like a man." Hang on. <laughs> a, this is a kids movie. Yeah. B, you're 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 talking to robots. <laughs> Okay, hold on. I'm glad you brought that up because at the end when the like uppity aunt comes to watch the kid fight in the big arena fight, she says something similar. She was like, tear that bitch apart or something. <laughs> yeah. Hold on. I thought this was a kid's movie. Yeah. You just don't have to do that. Yeah, you don't. It's not really. <laughs> Get your bitch ass back in that corner and take it like a man. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, you wrote down my worst line, so I didn't write it down, but it wasn't that one. I wrote down your worst line? Yeah, I thought you wrote down a second one. Nope. Okay. Well, then that's my worst line, too. <laughs> I didn't write it down because I, I saw you flip your page over and we looked to each other and I was like, well, he's going to write it anyway. That means that whatever you're thinking of, I wrote somewhere positive. <laughs> yeah, so what's your best line? <laughs> Give it to me. <laughs> I have two, I have two things written down Great. and I'm going to I'm going to give them to you in the order for the highest <laughs> entertainment value because I think I know what you're talking about. Go. So one is the we're not going to freak out speech. Yeah, that was like, pretty that, good. I really like that. The other one is it's a burrito. <laughs> okay, that's under my best line. <laughs> it's a burrito. <laughs> I, I liked the, like, father-son dynamic of that sentence. You glossed over it entirely. I put it on best line. <laughs> That's really funny. It's under my best line. <laughs> Another one of my best lines is, I know you think that I abandoned you. Then you sold me. Yeah. <laughs> yes, he did sell him. Um, so is that all of your best lines? Yeah, those are my two best lines. The dialogue in this movie is kind of just non-existent. I mean, like, it doesn't really matter for the most part. No, not really. Um, there's a lot of yelling, though. Yeah. Uh, well, who is your worst performance or what? Oh, Steve, Sylvester Stallone's lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> By far had the worst performance in this movie. Uh, there's this thing called a cease and desist. Oh, boy. And they forgot to file it. Ah, uh, actually... Maybe that's why the budget of this movie is so high. Oh. Maybe we're counting legal fees. Maybe, yeah, maybe. <laughs> maybe there was about <laughs> ten big ones. <laughs> in all seriousness, nobody sucks in this movie. No. no not one no. person involved in the making or behind the camera or in front of the camera sucked at their job in this movie. Not one actor stood out as bad. There's nothing that I would call worst performance other than the, the group of street street ruffians. There's not really any people that you look at and laugh at based on what they look like. It's funny because we're just used to it. Yeah. We're just used to there being bad performances yeah. because we're obviously asking for it. This That's is the show. This is the goodest movie that we have covered. So the worst performance <laughs> is Sylvester Stallone's lawyer. Uh, my worst performance is Hugh Jackman's Brooklyn Texan accent. <laughs> <laughs> what, what what was his accent? Well, that's just his amalgamation of an American. Where was it supposed to be? It was just, it was Midwestern slash uh, I, I, I only noticed the New York in one, like, one sentence, and I was like, wait a minute, what? Yeah. And, and, like, was, and then I thought I had heard it wrong, so it your, wasn't... Your ears did it wrong? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 
I yeah, I wasn't sure where he was going with his accent. Hey, you know what? Good on him for yeah. having an accent, American accent. It's not easy to hide your accent, so whatever. But it bothered me a lot. Yeah. Because for the majority of this movie, I thought he was supposed to be a Texan. Because they started off in Texas. The social workers came and found him. There is very much like a, we are providing this show to you so you don't have to dri- drive to Dallas to type be f- of thing. To be fair, you think everyone's supposed to be a Texan. This, this hold on. The <laughs> opening five minutes of this movie really leaned into Texas. There were flags everywhere. Yeah. There were, everybody was wearing some sort Maybe of a cowboy just hat. just because they were actually in Michigan and they were trying to sell it really hard <laughs> i would say you know i would say so because they leaned into it as hard as they did during the zoo scene when everyone was like mad max 90s industrial yeah. <laughs> so i think that they were just trying really really hard to set the tone via the people and what they were wearing and how they were acting but it came across to me as in we are deep in the goddamn heart of texas yeah. and we are not getting out the the flags could have said not michigan though <laughs> yeah it could have just been like whatever so um, who is your MVP? My MVP is Kevin uh, Durand, the bull promoter, <laughs> previous to being like a mob boss. But in the first scene, the, the rodeo circus bullfight, mm-hmm. he is hilarious in that. He's like, he's like uh, basically playing like Ashton Kutcher, right? Like he's like this dipshit like tough guy kind of a thing and he goes don't you try and get out because i already done did it then he's commentating the fight between a robot and a bull and he goes lay the smack down on that prime beef (laughs) like he was cracking me up in the beginning i was like wow i hope this guy is the tone of the whole movie it turned out that was not the case but he was like pow just like that it was just really funny to this me. movie was a special kind of batshit though yeah it was like it, it was it was one that's not easy to stomach for some of the some of the time because <laughs> it's all over the place it, it is it's i'll get to it later but it's a little bit batshit i, I also want to give um honorable mention to uh dakota goyo the kid yeah like as far as child actor who we we constantly rip on this show he's really good yeah he's really good as far as child actors was it him or was it the dr pepper yeah with the mountain dew coursing through his veins yeah exactly (laughs) um that being said i'm giving my mvp to evangeline lily because if there is we like to give our mvp based on if we're trying to be serious a person who was not aware that this was a bad movie And they're trying to win an Oscar. I think that she was the least aware of what this movie was. And she was okay. trying the hardest yeah. to just not phone it. She did good. She did good. Like, she had a very, like, broad spectrum of all sorts of emotions and acting and all that sort of stuff. So I, I thought I she did the saying. most solid job. If you cut, if you took her scenes out of context and only watched those, you would think you were watching a dead serious movie. Correct. Yeah, I hear you. Correct. So that's why she gets my MVP. Yeah. Uh, what is your unredeemable moment? My unredeemable moment isn't necessarily a, a moment. It's like things that happen throughout the movie that you would point to... And someone would go, well, that's stupid, right? And it is, it is, um, I don't really know how to explain it. It's human constructs and human laws and human physics and human biology that were applied to robots out of tropes 
because because we're mimicking a Rocky movie here, mm -hmm. there are things in this movie that simply should not apply to robots. Like what? Like a ten count. <laughs> robots crazy. don't Ugh, have brains. Need to recover. And they don't need to re regenerate their like. They don't have to like shake the cobwebs. Right. You know what I mean. They they also don't need rounds. Rounds are designed for human beings to like re recoup and recover. And up until the last fight, you never saw the robot being like worked on between rounds. That's true. So you're but just they did. you're just mimicking what boxing used to be for humans for no reason. I think that they pro they probably should have put that in earlier in the movie that between rounds is a chance for you to go in and like straighten some stuff out on the robot and fix stuff and patch it up. This movie reminded me a lot of it was a combination of. Uh, like UFC and wrestling video games and racing like there was a lot of references to it looked like racing like with all the trailers backed up and then between so basically it would be a pit stop yeah. right robot comes over fix what you can send it back out right and had they set that up from the beginning okay yeah but that's that wasn't the case no also there's a part where Hugh Jackman is going to go do his very first training session with Adam and he's going to do some shadow boxing with him. And every time he does something, Adam mimics what he's doing and he tells Adam, nice, it's you. You're yeah, doing you. it. Why are you, <laughs> I thought the same thing. Why are you complimenting it's, the thing that does what you're doing? That's what it's supposed to do. Somebody engineered it. You're looking <laughs> in a mirror. <laughs> the worst offense of all Ooh. is the main fight, which is, a, which is like a combination of all the Rocky fights, like I said. And when Hugh Jackman takes over in the 12th round and it does the shadow boxing, he does a rope-a-dope, which is something that Muhammad Ali invented against George Foreman in the Rumble in the Jungle. And then Rocky uses it against Clubber Lang in Rocky Three. The idea being is that you cover up, you let your bigger, stronger opponent tire themselves out by punching you. And then when they're no longer capable of defending themselves because they're tired, you attack. This doesn't apply to robots. And so the whole climax is based on not yet. Wait, no, I'm going to keep getting beat up. Also, you're not the one getting hit, motherfucker. So you have the luxury of going hold. <laughs> and I'm like, that's the, the movie falls off a cliff of absurdity in the 12th round of like, it trips over the, over the finishing line. Basically for me, I would have called this movie completely and utterly good right up until then <laughs> so i think they could have really 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 easily fixed that issue if they had just given you information at the start about what is powering the robots mm -hmm. and how long that power lasts because they made it really clear in that last scene that the robot was running down on his energy store like it, it was literally running out of energy but for all we know it's infinite we don't know where the energy comes from or how much each robot has does each robot have specs where it has to have an equal battery right so like if you're building a bigger stronger robot but it still has to run on a nine volt <laughs> four of them <laughs> yeah exactly tape them together <laughs> then we've got a different story but if you know if you've got some kind of super advanced tech like regenerative kinetic technology versus nine volt robot then there's not really a competition there so if they had made it clear that this was also a battle of not running out of your fuel reserves, mm -hmm. then it would have made a lot more sense. And they could have done that somewhere in the start so easily. Here's what they run on. Here's about how long they last. That's it. Yeah. It would have been fine. Yeah. So, so I guess my unredeemable moment is just human laws being applied to robots. Yeah. 
throughout the movie unknowingly and unknowingly mm -hmm. like nice no stop <laughs> like, <laughs> you're doing it yeah i, I hear that um, my unredeemable moment, I didn't really have a strong one, which probably goes towards your bold statement about this being the goodest movie, but my unredeemable moment was one that didn't exist, which is what we thought was going to happen after the robot looked in the mirror right before the big fight. Mm -hmm. yeah. they're, they're, they're guiding your mind to a fork in the road where something is going to happen. The fork is happening. This thing is sentient and it has a desire. Therefore, it's going to take everyone by surprise during this fight and win it. Yeah. That's what you think. And that that didn't go anywhere. Nothing happened. <laughs> Nothing happened. So my undoable moment didn't exist. Okay. That's fair. What's your favorite part? Um, my favorite part is the, is the montage, obviously the, the, like I said, bad meets evil, which is a rap group, which consists of Eminem and Royce the five nine is one of my favorite kind of super groups. The song fast lane is a really good song. I'm always a sucker for a good fight montage. <laughs> um, super fun part of the movie. Good. Okay. That's pretty simple. Yeah. My favorite part was, uh, the apology section at the end when like Jackman goes to the kid yeah and he's like i know that you think i abandoned you and then the kid you responds with then you sold <laughs> yeah. me and all of that that was a pretty good back and forth and it felt like by that time the kid and hugh jackman actually did have some good chemistry yeah. like it felt it felt Earned. appropriate that it was at the end of the movie like they actually did know each other yeah it felt then. very earned mm -hmm. and and like you said this is a disney movie that's not a disney movie yeah. and generally these these shitbag father movies do not earn your respect no. by the end you're just like okay now now they're together this you this one is different this one made you like this guy by you the still end. live in your friend's attic yeah <laughs> that yeah. kind of thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> uh, uncle are, jesse <laughs> things are hey look things are tough for a lot of people right now so do you have a better title uh rock'em sock'em rocky four <laughs> <laughs> over the bot yeah, that's that's pretty much it. Mine's uncut Rocky. <laughs> <laughs> I was the whole time I was trying to find a gems Rocky <laughs> correlation, couldn't do it, so I went with Rock'em Sock'em Rocky Four. For a while, this movie also reminded me of Kingdom, like their rundown gem. Which in Kingdom, the gem isn't run run down. It's just always like perilously on the edge of like oh, we need to make money in our fights yeah. in order to keep it running. But yeah. um, it it there were some Kingdom shadows there that didn't really pan out, which is fine. But also, by the way. Evangeline Lilly is complaining about how this gym can't make any money. Um, what's his face? Hugh Jackman has to pay rent or else she's got to sell it. Her father's dream. Fucking open the doors for customers. It's not. <laughs> I, I realize it's set in 2020 and businesses are shut down, especially <laughs> gyms are shut down. So maybe that's the other thing that this movie correctly predicted. Yeah. But open the doors and let some paying customers use the gym and you won't have to worry about well, paying Well, this, this raises a good question. Is it that she's the dummy for not opening her doors to customers in, in 2020, summer of 2020? Or is it that we're the dummies when we were shut down in summer of 2020 for not starting robot fights? And I think that's it. This movie... <laughs> The, the shutdown didn't happen because of COVID. The shutdown happened because this movie predicted it back yep, in 2011. Yep, yep. That's why gyms aren't open right now. Thanks a lot, Spielberg. <laughs> open the doors. All right. Is this movie good, bad, or just bad? So my note here says legit good 
all the way until the Zeus fight. Like, this was a, not great, but no. a minimally good. Minimally like, good. <laughs> like, it would have been defined as hey man, good. Hey, man. You're gonna be. Like, we, we often talk about the top of good-bad. Yep. This was the bottom of good. <laughs> all the way up until the Zeus fight. And I would then, rather... And then it actually, for me, tumbled about halfway into good-bad. I think you and I both agree that we would rather sip the cream of good-bad... <laughs> Then lap up the dregs of good. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, <laughs> put that on a cape. Yeah, I, yeah, F- fully. I mean, to in to to expand on that, I like this movie. I like. I really, really like this movie. Yeah. I hope to forget about it and then rewatch it again in the future, <laughs> right, with like fresh eyes. Yeah. I I enjoy the shit out of this movie, but it was damn near good, and then it just fell off at the end into good bad which i enjoy but could have been good bro <laughs> hey this is uh maybe i should have called this robot wicker man wicker robot robot <laughs> man yeah <laughs> not the bees <laughs> so um my verdict is it's no pacific rim <laughs> <laughs> um yeah my mine same thing it's it's the dregs of good yeah. Which, it's it's not the cream of good, bad. Anywhere else, that's a compliment, but not here, goddammit. Not here! <laughs> <laughs> not here, goddammit. Okay, that's that it. is the end of Real Steel for us. Um, Pacific Rim still gets another shot in the what? vote, so you're going to have to go lobby. I... If you want Pacific Rim to not get covered on this show because you think it's a legitimately good movie, then you have to come up with the movie that it's going to go against, well, and I... you have to go online and lobby for it. Well, I do and don't. so that's what's going on go follow us at the good bad show so you can participate in the fun thank you very much for listening and we will see you guys down the road peace